0: got a good one on our hands too. I'm a little torn. I'm sitting here in this chair wearing a uh, Hickory Crawdads hat, which is a high A affiliate of the Texas Rangers, and then I am a noted Diamondbacks believer. I have I dabble in the Diamondbacks throughout the regular season with MLB TV, you know, watching them at night. So, very excited. I think we got two teams that mimic each other in a lot of ways, but also have some unique differences that
1: should, you know, amount to a pretty good series. It really should, and this is the first year In seven years that the Astros or the Dodgers have not been a part of the fall classic, which when you really think about it, it's pretty wild to think about considering all the teams that we've had being champion as well as all the great series that we've been able to watch. But the Dodgers and Astros, they've been a part of every single one in the last seven years, and Mm -hmm. the Diamondbacks and the Rangers, they'll write something new this year heading into the fall classic
0: yeah, I um, I heard someone say uh, a day or two ago that this might not be the best World Series for, like, casual fans, but for true baseball fans, they love this series. And I, I, be- I believe that. Like, for me and you, we're both baseball fans. We love this, and I think it's going to be good.
1: I personally think that this has been one of the best postseasons that we've watched in the last, mm-hmm. really, five or ten years, Yeah, honestly. You really kind of have to go back to, it feels like 2011, 2012, where... You had so many crunching storylines back when the Cardinals were dominant, back when that old Rangers team made back-to-back World Series appearances, Yeah, that you are kind of able to almost encapsulate that excitement of seeing something new and seeing somebody new. Mm-hmm. So the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers, they were on very different paths heading into this postseason and heading into this year. We're going to give a quick breakdown On both of these two squads, and we're going to start with the AL champions in the Texas Rangers. After six years of consecutive losing, the Rangers look to make a splash heading into the 2023 season. After signing superstar shortstop Corey Seager to a 10-year deal and second baseman Marcus Simeon to a seven-year contract during the 2021-2022 offseason, they continue to add key pieces leading into this year. The focus, Hunter? was on pitching. They begun the spending spree by signing Jacob DeGrom to a five-year, $185 million contract, locking down one of the best pitchers in baseball with one failed swoop. They next set their sights on Nathan Avaldi, signing the former Red Sox to a two-year, $34 million deal, and adding Andrew Heaney from the Dodgers for the next two years. After improving the offense in the 2022 season and pitching before the 2023 season, the Rangers were poised to make their first postseason berth since 2016. And things, they started off well for Texas. They held the sixth-best record in baseball at the All-Star break, leading, and they were leading the AL West with the Astros and Mariners hot on their tail. At the trade deadline, they acquired Max Scherzer from the Mets. Everything seemed to be trending in the right direction for the Texas Rangers. However, heading into August, the season began to unravel just a little bit. Injuries began to spread like wildfire. Corey Seager missed some time with a thumb injury. Jacob deGrom was ruled out for the rest of the year with an elbow injury. Max Scherzer only pitched one game for the Rangers before he became doubtful to return for the rest of the regular season, possibly making a postseason appearance. And to add insult to injury, the Rangers lost eight straight in late August, losing the division lead—a mark they would not be able to reclaim for the rest of this season. After regaining Corey Seager and a few other players back from injury, Texas finished the year well enough to grab the five seed in the AL, ready to take on the Tampa Bay Rays in the wild card round. That spot that they picked up at the five seed wasn't even secure a couple days before the end of the regular season, as the Seattle Mariners had a complete collapse in the past in the last week to allow Texas to be just good enough to make it into the postseason. And that's really all that you need to do. We've seen it with the 2021 Atlanta Braves. You've seen it with the Arizona Diamondbacks this year. Because when you get the momentum and you get the ball rolling downhill, the floodgates can open. That's exactly what happened in Tampa. The Rangers stormed into Tropicana Field, sweeping the 99 win Rays in two games, outscoring them 11 to one, and throttling Tampa Bay to move on to the divisional round. They next faced the AL East champions and the number one seeded Baltimore Orioles, who boasted the second best record. In baseball at 101 wins and quickly became America's team to cheer for in the 2023 playoffs. The hype around the Orioles quickly dissipated, however, with the Rangers winning Game One in a pitchers' duel three to two and Game Two in a shootout eleven to eight. It only took one trip to Arlington before Texas secured a spot in the championship series, sweeping the Baltimore Orioles after a commanding seven to one victory. Now, Hunter, at this point. We were all wondering, first of all, where were these Rangers at the end of the year? Mm -hmm. And secondly, were they going to lose? This team looked like the team to beat. They were hot. They were hitting well. Jordan Montgomery and Nathan Evaldi were pitching lights out on the front side. The bullpen was shutting everybody down in the back end of games. It felt like it was going to be a dominant run for Texas. But you knew that the Houston Astros were going to have something up their sleeve because this was a series that we were all heavily anticipating. The Houston Astros, the number 2 seed in the American League and division rivals were fresh off a 3 to 1 victory over the Minnesota Twins, reaching the ALCS for the seventh straight year. Game 1 and 2, they led by the storylines that we just mentioned, Hunter. They were dominated by Texas, shutting out the Astros in game 1 and putting up 7 runs in game 2. Then things switched. They went to Arlington. They had a chance to possibly sweep the Astros or win the series in five in front of their home fans. However, things took a switch when Max Scherzert made his return for the first time in a month and a half and was blown up in the second inning by the Houston Astros. Texas was never able to recover. The Astros would go on to win the next two games in Arlington, taking the series lead 3-2. to two. You and I had the exact same feeling after that game. Uh-oh. It's Mm going to happen again. Uh The Astros are going to go back to the World Series. We're going to have to watch them once again compete for a pennant. But Texas had a little bit of something up their sleeve. It's been known for recent years that the Astros have struggled winning at home. And Houston, excuse me, the Rangers, in both games, 6 and 7 that took place in Houston, jumped out to early and quick leads. They were able to hold both, with Game 7 being an absolute blowout And a really good tune-up game heading into the World Series. And just like that, the Texas Rangers, while facing adversity, were able to make the World Series for the first time since making it back-to-back in 2010 and 2011. And they'll have to face the Snakes from Arizona. The Arizona Diamondbacks, a.k.a. the Baby Snakes.
0: In the preseason, ESPN predicted them to be the 21st best team in Major League Baseball with a projected record of 78-84, and with an 18% chance to make the playoffs and just a 0.4% chance of winning the World Series. And neither of those were bold takes for a team that lost 110 games just two seasons ago. But... Diamondbacks fans knew something was brewing. With brand new players like Lourdes Goriel Jr. and Gabriel Moreno, which were both acquired from the Blue Jays via a trade, and with rookies like Alec Thomas and Corbin Carroll patrolling the outfield for the first time, they knew that this team could make some waves in just their 26th year as a franchise. And that is exactly what happened. The Diamondbacks came out red hot in the 2023 season, winning 49 games through the first three months of the season taking first place in the division away from teams with a lot more expectations like the Dodgers and the Padres. That all changed at the All-Star break, though. The Diamondbacks finished their last eight games before the All-Star break, 3-5, and five, and carried a 9-21 and record after their next 30 games after the All-Star break. All know, Diamondbacks fans have seen this before. Mm-hmm. They're collapsing, the Dodgers are up, and it's just like it's been years in the years past. The collapse gave up the division lead and put them in a fight for a wild card spot for the rest of the season, a fight that lasted to game 161 when they finally clinched the playoff spot for the first time since 2017 with the help of a certain Cincinnati team when they defeated the St. Louis Cardinals. Shout out to David. The 2023 postseason has been a movie for the Diamondbacks. They have first faced off against the Milwaukee Brewers and won that series and th- that three-game series in just two. They then went on to face their big brother and the Los Angeles Dodgers, with the whole country going against them. The Diamondbacks came out and mashed the Dodgers, setting the tone of the series by putting up six runs on Dodgers ace Clayton Kershaw. They would go on to win that series in a sweep and would then face the red-hot Phillies. After failing 2-0 in the series the start, they would proceed to go home and collect two straight comeback wins to tie the series up. The Phillies bounced back with a convincing 6-1 win, but they would not believe what would happen next. At home in Philadelphia, the Phillies would go on to lose both games by a combined 9-3 score. The Diamondbacks propelling themselves to exactly where they are now, national league champions and just four wins away from
1: their second world series title it truthfully is two storylines that first of all you didn't really expect to see coming Mm -hmm. into the beginning of the year and secondly two that have been so much fun to watch there's a lot of times in sports no matter what you're watching that there's a really good team or a team that has those high expectations that you look at and expect to make it somewhere and when they do There's not all that joy and excitement surrounded by it. It Mm -hmm. seems to be more of an expectation. But something like this with two teams who had potential, but nobody really thought would get to this point. That's what makes it all the more exciting. When we come back, we're going to be looking in-depth at the Rangers and Astros series and Diamondback and Phillies. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to postseason pandemonium. We'll be back in about two minutes. David Katzenmeyer, Hunter Boston, bringing you everything you need to know for the 2023 World Series.
2: Hey students, Dino's Den Moving here, your one source for packing and moving out or in at ASU. Our phone number is 336-990-9480, or you can email us. Just look for Dino's Den Moving online. Help out mom and dad. Your deposit today reserves your spot in December. We also have all the U-Haul trucks, trailers, and supplies you need for moving. $50 off your move if you mention this ad, and reserve your spot by November 15th. Dino's Den Moving... 336-990-9480.
3: 336-990-9480. Anna Bananas is a longtime supporter of wasu App State's college radio station. Anna Bananas' fine consignment store buys, sells, trades, and serves Boone from 641 West King Street. You can follow Anna Bananas on Instagram and Facebook.
2: Present Series features Coco, live to film concert, a complete screening of the Disney Pixar film accompanied by a live orchestra, the United States Air Force Band and singing Sergeants, and Indigenous Enterprise, a Native American dance troupe. Information at 800-841-ARTS or the theshafercenter.org.
4: Support for WASU programming is provided by the Eggers Law Firm on West King Street. The Eggers Law Firm provides legal services to those in need of assistance in northwestern North Carolina. Thank you for listening to your MTV College Radio Station of the Year, 90.5 WASU and WASURadio.com.
1: We are back here with Postseason Pandemonium. David Meyer and Hunter Boston breaking down everything that you need to know for the 2023 World Series. The Arizona Diamondbacks, the Texas Rangers are slated to get things going tomorrow night at 8 p.m. in Arlington, Texas. It really is looking to be one of those series that a lot of America can just kind of sit back and enjoy. And for me personally, and I think that apart from your small ties with the Snakes, I think that this is just one that... I want to sit back, I want to watch, I don't have bias against either team, I want to see a good series. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm definitely cheering for the Snakes just because of that little bit of a tie, but I just want to see a good series. Uh, if if this is a good series and both teams come to play, I'm going to be just fine
1: regardless of how it ends. So while we broke down how both these teams have gotten here, I want to go a little bit more in depth with both the AL and NL Championship Series as There's a lot to unpack with both of these series as the Houston Astros and Philadelphia Phillies, both favorites, heading into the championship round, were knocked out by, of course, the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. I want to go ahead and start with that Rangers-Astros series because it resembled the 2019 World Series almost to a T, in a sense, with the Nationals and Astros, where, mm-hmm. their, where a home team didn't win. A home team led like once in the entire series, but not a single home team won the Nationals, for those who don't know. Won the 2019 World Series in Game 7 by a final of 4-3 to in the series. They took it in Houston. They took all four games in Houston. Houston won all the games in D.C. Mm -hmm. And it's the exact same thing that happened here. The Rangers, they took four in Houston, and the Astros took three in Arlington. It's just a very bizarre Occurrence. It's not something that you typically see with these teams playing so bad far from home. But Hunter, what's one thing that, or what's one big contributing factor that you saw from this championship series against the Rangers and the Astros that you're looking forward to seeing in the World Series?
0: I think it's the play of the top two pitchers for the Rangers. I know on the last time that we were on the postseason pandemonium, I wasn't too high on this Rangers pitching staff. I don't know if anybody was really high on this Rangers pitching staff, especially the starters with Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer out. But they really came to play. Their top two in Jordan Montgomery and Nathan Evaldi. They they really they accounted for all four wins of course for the Rangers. 21 innings pitched, 18 hits, five earned runs, five walks, 20 Ks for the two of them through this series. They won every game that they pitched. They really showed up big against an Astros lineup that could have very well mashed them and won the series just in that. But they pretty much shut them down, and I think that's a big reason as why they won this series and are going into
1: this Diamondback series looking up and another thing about the starting rotation is with you with having Max Scherzer back with having a legitimate ace who not only has pitched in Houston in big moments, but Mm -hmm. was able to go into game seven having run support and kind of look like his old self. Not there yet, but he's getting there. That's something that is gonna be really interesting to watch in the Mm -hmm. postseason. But if I'm the Diamondbacks with how Jordan Montgomery, Nathan Avaldi, and then having Max Scherzer at the three, if that's the route they decide to go, that's a scary one two three. And Max Scherzer came in ice
0: cold. Like usually when you get hurt in the middle of the season, you go down to like triple A and you get a Rehab starter to know that he got healthy, and they put him straight out there against the Houston Astros and the ALCS. It's kind of crazy, but Jordan Montgomery really bailed him out in that Game Seven. I think Max Scherzer went maybe two and two thirds innings, and then Jordan Montgomery came in and threw two straight innings, no hit ball, and like no earned runs. It was crazy, and he really, really picked him up. And I think Scherzer's just going to get better as he keeps going, just because he didn't get those rehab
1: starts. He had played in one or two inter-squad games before heading into... Game great game yeah. three of Which is nothing. the championship series. Yeah,
0: like inter-squad games are nothing. Just ask the Atlanta Braves. They'd had a couple inner squad games before facing the Phillies. It didn't work for them. And it's just game reps are just so different from practice mm-hmm. reps. And that's just what Max did not have in this series. But he still pitched really well
1: for not having that. All things considered, I completely agree. yeah And even Scherzer said it himself. He was like going from an inner squad to then on the mound and one of the biggest games for this team so far this year it was almost jarring in a way where mm-hmm. you're kind of it's – you're taking it back a little bit because yeah. you're going from – you're hanging out with your buddies, you're pitching against your buddies. You're, you can be as serious as you want, but that environment and then not pitching for a month and a half and trying to keep that competitive spirit and that competitive edge mm-hmm. and then jumping in a month and a half after not playing in a game to – the biggest moment of the season for the Rangers, yeah. and then you get shelled. Go out there and,
0: and face Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. The
1: ALCS. That's <laughs> going to go well. You got to face Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez. You got to face this like front five order that is. Really, one of the best front five in all of baseball, just because mm-hmm. of how pesky they are. Jeremy Peña, you can throw him in on there as well. Yeah. Just a good hitting team. Yordan delivers that punch, but Bregman, he's a good contact hitter. Jose Altuve is who Jose Altuve is. He is going to hit bombs. Yeah. He is going to hit doubles. He's going to do a lot to help support with that Astros front front line.
0: Yeah, it's 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 crazy. the The, the Rangers pitching staff really just kept. You know, them in the games. And those uh, their hitters just they came and showed up every single game. It was crazy. But definitely did not think that the series would go like this. I thought you know, it's kinda crazy to think that the Astros
1: didn't win a single game at home. It's just it's wild. It it really is. And it's something they've struggled with all year. I think they were forty six and forty at home, which Still a winning record, but if you're only six games over 500 in your home ballpark with 40,000 of your own fans cheering on, it's yeah. not a statistic that you see around the league very often. Especially with a team like that that's
0: made what seven straight ALCSs now, that's that's crazy. You wouldn't think they'd be that bad
1: at home, but that's the truth. And you've got a mini monster over in left field. You got the train track. It's a very short mm-hmm. left field. It's short porch and left. And Jose Altuve took really good advantage of that. In, I believe it was Game 2, he launched a home run to get things started for the Astros. Mm -hmm. I think that was the only lead that they held in that entire game, but... Taking advantage of that short porch, obviously it is really deep out to center. They got rid of Tows Hill a couple yeah. years ago. It's probably almost been 10 at this point now. But Tows Hill really played into kind of the deeper parts of the ballpark. And they added a batter's eye and brought it in. So the gaps really aren't as big as they used to be in Houston. So sometimes balls that used to be triples or even doubles are turning into corresponding doubles or singles. Yeah, But it's still interesting to see that Houston is having struggle struggles hitting in their own ballpark. Somebody who did not have struggles hitting in the in Houston's ballpark, was Adolis Garcia. Because if you don't know about Adolis Garcia, in 2019, he was put on waivers. The Rangers didn't want him. Nobody picked him up, and nobody wanted him. Stayed in the system for a while. Finally made his debut in 2021. Since 2021, he has been a two time all star in his past three seasons. He has looked like one of the best power hitters in baseball, and he showed up and showed out in mm-hmm. the championship series, posting a 1.293 OPS, which, for those who don't know what OPS is, it's a combination of batting average and slugging. Those seeing that number that high, a good OPS for the league average is right about 750. Mm -hmm. He's at almost 1.300. It's crazy. That is ridiculous. He recorded 10 hits and 28 at-bats with 5 home runs, 7 runs scored, and 15 runs batted in. That is an insane stat line. You you don't see that. You, You just... He if had I'm, his way with Houston.
0: Yeah, he really did. If I'm Zach Gallen, if I'm Merle Kelly, I am having nightmares right now of having to face Dulles Garcia in a seven game series. I am not looking for that at all. Had 39 home runs in the regular season. And he has not slowed down one bit in this playoffs.
1: Corey Seeger, he's batting over 300. Marcus Simeon, he's been a great leadoff. Mitch Garver, who got hit in the ribs, he looks to be okay. Heading into the World Series, he has been a big pivotal bat. There's been so many key pieces for this Texas team. They have a couple rookies that are in the pen as well as in the order that have played really well so far this series and this year. And that's where I kind of draw the parallels between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks where it's a bit of a hodgepodge in a way of guys that you recognize from other teams from a couple years ago almost Mm -hmm getting a second chance in a way, but also fun, exciting rookies, guys who you aren't typically used to hearing the names of, Mm -hmm. people who will become household names like Adolis Garcia but aren't there yet. Mm -hmm. That's what's so exciting about this to me because we'll get into the Diamondbacks here in just a moment, but that's a team that I look at and I can tell you everybody 1-9 through in that order. And most of them played in other clubs three or four years ago.
0: Yeah, and it's just crazy how they've all come together over this season and have had so much success because sometimes it takes a little bit of time to gel. But you said it in your preview earlier. They came out swinging, and they had that division lead all the way to the end where they faced some adversity, which honestly might have been good for this Rangers team because that adversity, they woke them up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Hey, we can't can't play around with this because we lost our division lead to the Astros, our big brother right there. Now they get to go back into Houston and win the series there, so they get some payback. But I think that really woke them up because they're playing with their hair on fire right now.
1: Well, according to Maltin, or Martin Maldonado, Adolis Garcia woke the Astros up
0: mm, after, our game.
1: <laughs> after being intentionally hit by a pitch. Yeah, Adolis then got into the face of the catcher, mm-hmm. Maldonado, there was some pushing, some shoving that happened. Abreu, who was the pitcher at the time, he was suspended for two games for intentionally hitting him. Mm-hmm. And later in that game, the Astros come back in the top of the ninth in Game Five. Yeah. They win that game in Houston or in uh, Arlington, excuse me. They go back to Houston. All they got to do is get a win. Yeah, but I think I think that might have woken the Rangers up a little bit too, because that added some fire to their belly. Yeah, exactly. Dog, like, shout out to bear down bets. Don't poke the bear. Mm-mm.
0: Don't do it. Can't Don't do poke it. the bear. Even if you didn't mean to throw it at him that's what happens. That's what good athletes do. They take something like that and they let that fuel them to having two home runs in the game seven well, of the ALCS. And if it's
1: not intentional, all it takes—the only thing it takes from Abreu—is. Give a tap on the chest. Yeah. Do yeah. something to indicate, like, hey, I'm sorry, I apologize. Like, like any anything to indicate that this wasn't intentional. Yeah. Even even a reaction. Don't escalate it. That's for sure. Exactly. That's like, was exactly what happened. Any, any way to – you don't even have to apologize. You don't give a tap on the chest. If you just show in your body language that you're like, ooh, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Then that completely offsets everything that happened. But he mm-hmm. just started walking towards home plate. Yeah. He just stood there. Yeah, acted like everything was fine. Right, waiting for the next batter to come up. Mm-hmm. It's just it, that that so adds weird. fuel
0: to the fire. It does. It really does, and it, it it woke that Rangers team up, and they went on to win the series. And Astros go home, and of course, Dusty Baker riding off into the sunset mm-hmm. as well, which we haven't said. Uh, you shout out to him. One of the best managers of all time. One of the best guys of all time. Which,
1: by the way, if there's any Houston Astros fans out there, if you're one of the people on social media or just in general talking bad about Dusty Baker. That is one of the most outlandish and ridiculous things it's that crazy. I think I've seen all year. Mm-hmm. Dusty Baker came into an organization that no one else wanted that job. Nobody. Nobody else wanted to be the managers of the Houston Astros at the time because of the sign-stealing scandal, because of how just run into the ground the organization was in the public's eye. Mm-hmm. Dusty Baker not only got them back to a World Series a couple years after, mm-hmm. he won the World Series last year. Exactly. He got them to the Championship Series for the seventh time in the last seven years. Yeah. And he lost Game 7. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And every single Astros fan that I have seen is completely crap-talking him, saying yeah. he was a bad manager, saying they're glad he's gone, saying good riddance. Yeah, this team You're is naive. not the same. The team
0: is not the same without Dusty Baker. I mean, he drives that team. He keeps them all together. This team would be nowhere where they are right now without... Dusty Baker they they would not be where they were after the cheating scandal with everyone hating them they needed a steady hand at the helm and that's exactly what Dusty Baker was and that's why they've
1: been so successful and Dusty Baker there was uh, I'll say this and then we'll move off of it but legend of the game legendary manager during before game six there was a layoff day or layover day for travel and for rest While they were practicing out on the field, Dusty Baker disappeared, and some of the players wondered where he went. They were kind of, you know, looking around, chatting. Nothing was really going on the field. He comes back with a huge houseplant around his arms, (laughs) sets it up on the field, gives a little water, and when he was asked, hey, why is the plant on the field? He's like, it needs some sunlight. Exactly. It doesn't get sunlight in the office. It needs some sunlight out here. So Dusty Baker, just all around Mm -hmm. awesome, great dude, and just the fact that he has so many accolades, and the fact that he won the Astros a legitimate World Series because you can look. Obviously, they won a World Series earlier in the 2010s. Mm-hmm. That doesn't that doesn't count. In many people's eyes doesn't count yeah. in my eyes. Yeah, if you get there via cheating, whether you cheat or not, if mm-hmm. it's found out and it's you're publicly shamed like they were, and you win a World Series, that yeah. it's tainted. It's it's tainted. Mm-hmm. It's it's not valid and. And then with a new squad, with some new pieces, especially Jeremy Pena, that's the guy I look at the most. You had Jose Siri on that squad. And they go into the World Series, and they win a World Series last year. Yeah, And it felt right. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel, watching that World Series, like, oh, I hate the Astros. Yeah, I was watching because there were some fresh new faces mm-hmm. that I enjoyed watching. I like Kyle Tucker. I like Jeremy Pena. Yeah. I like some of these new pieces that have come to this team. And Dusty Baker got him there. He mm-hmm. was able to win him a World Series in a year that a lot of people didn't think the Astros would. Yeah, It's just the fact that you go and bash him after all everything that he's done for this organization and basically lifting their name from six feet under. Whether mm-hmm. you're, Whether it's at surface level now or not, it's yeah. not up in the sky. People aren't praising it, but it's at least back to some level of respect. So we'll hop off that. I want to touch one more thing before we move on to the Diamondbacks and Phillies series. Hunter, what was one thing, what was the biggest fault that the Houston Astros had coming into this series that ultimately lost them the championship round? They they really just they got the timely hitting when it
0: counted. They won that game. But just getting that kind of hitting when you're at home... Well, the the home struggles have been the biggest thing for me, talking about just how bad they are. you got to win at home, especially if you're going to get home field advantage. You can't play that bad at home. And, you know, they had the starting pitching at times, but their starting pitching didn't show up in some of these games. I mean, the Rangers really had their way in some of these games. So that's just the biggest thing for me, just – I don't know. This is one of the best teams in baseball, one of the best all-around teams in baseball, but at times they just didn't show it to me.
1: They really didn't. I mean, Brambler-Valdez. Yeah. That's a guy that I look at, and I, I kind of wonder, he just didn't have his stuff that he typically has in the yeah. postseason. That's a guy you look at and, you know, you, you, you take away... He lost some of his swagger, if you will, with the new pitching rules this mm-hmm. year. Couldn't rock the baby and all this stuff, but, you know, he's he's still a guy who traditionally in the post series or postseason is a lockdown yeah, pitcher. You, but he just didn't show that dominance. You you
0: see Fran Ravaldez is on the mound and you think, oh, this is going to be a tough day yep. for us. And that's not what happened in this series. And that that's a, the big fault because Justin Verlander can't do it all for the Astros. He can't. And then their other starting pitchers the same. They just didn't didn't really show up when they were needed.
1: They did not as It's a tough one for the Astros. And yeah. y- you feel for him a little bit just because Dusty Baker's that manager. You're starting to get new key pieces mm-hmm. that are finally drifting away from that cheating scandal team. Obviously, Jose Altuve is still a big point of target for why people hate the Houston Astros. But yeah. in, in one way or another, at least in my mind, I come away I, I come away feeling not pure hatred, but yeah. I come away feeling like I'm satisfied the Rangers won. I'm not mm-hmm. over the moon, but I'm satisfied. So... The Texas Rangers, that's how they were able to sneak, or not sneak past, but get past the Houston Astros for the American League Championship Series. When we come back, it's Phillies Diamondbacks. We're going to break it all down for you, and we're going to break down some crazy stat lines in the last two games that might blow your mind. All that and more coming up when we come back on Postseason Pandemonium on 90.5 WASU.
2: Hey students, Dino's Den Moving here. Your one source for packing and moving out or in at ASU. Our phone number is 336-990-9480 or you can email us. Just look for Dino's Den Moving online. Help out mom and dad. Your deposit today reserves your spot in December. We also have all the U-Haul trucks, trailers, and supplies you need for moving. $50 off your move if you mention this ad. And reserve your spot by November 15th. Dino's Den Moving, 336 990 9480.
3: Anna Bananas is a longtime supporter of WASUFN, App State's college radio station. Anna Bananas Fine Consignment Store buys, sells, trades, and serves Boone from 641 West King Street. You can follow Anna Bananas on Instagram and Facebook. AppState's State's New River Light and Power Green Power Program brings clean, climate-friendly energy to the high country. Renewable sources of energy replace carbon-based electric use, lowering our carbon footprint and helping to protect the environment. The power is yours. Learn more about the Green Power Program today at nrlp.appstate.edu.
2: University's Schaefer Center Presents series features Coco, live-to-film concert, a complete screening of a Disney Pixar film accompanied by a live orchestra, the United States Air Force Band and singing Sergeants, and Indigenous Enterprise, a Native American dance troupe. Information at 800-841-ARTS or the theschafercenter.org.
4: Support for WASU programming is provided by the Eggers Law Firm on West King Street. The Eggers Law Firm provides legal services to those in need of assistance in northwestern North Carolina. Thank you for listening to your MTV College Radio Station of the Year, 90.5 WASU and WASUradio.com.
1: We are back. Here at Postseason Pandemonium, David Katzenmeier and Hunter Boston breaking down everything you need to know for the 2023 World Series between the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. We just touched on the Houston Astros and Rangers ALCS, but now we're going to take a deep dive into the NLCS as the Philadelphia Phillies, the heavy favorite heading into this series, lose to the Arizona Diamondbacks in seven games. Hunter... It's one that I know you're cheering for, <laughs> Riley Carlson of at the station here. I know he uh wasn't wasn't the greatest of nights for him. Yeah, a couple nights ago for game 7, but the snakes they did it. They They did on the road. They had to win two games in Philly, one of the most potent and toxic environments in all of sports. And not only did they do it, they did it commandingly.
0: Yeah, I said it earlier. They outscored the Phillies nine runs to three in the final two games in the series. The Phillies could have won Game 6 and everything would have been fine. They could have moved on to the World Series, but the Snakes went in and won. And when I look at the series as a whole... It's just, it was very weird to me because the Snakes are a very... I like to call them a ground-and-pound offense, like in
1: football. Oh, for sure. They don't
0: hit the long ball a lot. They love to just get on base, grind out at bats, and then just get people in with some small hits. That is not what they did in the Dodgers series, though. In the Dodgers series, they just straight-up mashed them. They hit nine home, nine home runs in three games in the Dodgers series. Only had seven stolen bases. That's crazy. That's not the Snakes. That's not who they are. That's not who they are as a team. But who they were during the seven-game series with the Phillies is who we saw. Only five home runs, but nine stolen bases in the seven games. They scored 15 runs off of just singles and pop flies in those seven games. That's Snake's baseball right there. It is. They scored nine off of everything else. But just off of singles and pop flies, they scored 15 runs. Exactly what what they think. They just want to get on base, whether it's a bunt. They bunted the series a lot. Whether it's just a single anything they want to get on base they want to steal try to get into scoring position and they they just want shallow bloop balls if it counts and then they're fast enough to score from second score from first even and that's exactly what they did it's like death from a thousand paper cuts for the Phillies and the Diamondbacks just really had their
1: way with their brand of baseball Torre Lavula has them running a small ball yeah. style of offense in a way not one that you typically see anymore mm-hmm. as a lot of sports and in general are are going a lot more towards analytics and baseball specifically, and especially the long ball is all that matters anymore to a lot of these guys. A lot of people who are training now are only training to hit the long ball. They're, Mm -hmm. They're worrying about their launch angle. They're worrying about all this different stuff and the easiest way to hit it out of the ballpark. Yeah, Diamondbacks don't care. Yeah, they don't. Diamondbacks don't they, – they don't need all that.
0: Now I'm coming as a Braves fan who broke the record for home runs. And it's just like, I'm looking at this team right here, and they are like polar opposites. Because they, they – even though they can't have power, they showed it in that Dodgers series, they don't need
1: power to win big games. And you kind of saw heading into the first two games – in Philadelphia of this championship series, where Philly won both, the Diamondbacks had a bit of an identity crisis because mm-hmm. the the way that they came out of the gun was similar to how they did against the Dodgers, yeah. where they were trying to play for the long ball. They mm-hmm. were trying to play for power. They weren't necessarily playing their brand of baseball. Yeah. The management got a lot more conservative. We didn't see very many stolen base attempts. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody was on base, it's almost as if they cherished it instead of trying to take that opportunity. Yeah. And I think a big reason why is that is because Zach Wheeler is better than anyone
0: they faced with the Dodgers, in my opinion. I know Clayton Kershaw was there, but they touched up Clayton Kershaw from
1: the from the start. Well regular season Clayton Kershaw and postseason Clayton Kershaw are not the two not the same people, unfortunately. But yeah,
0: Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, you're not gonna be able to just pimp home runs off of those two guys. You're gonna have the grind out at bats. And then JT Realmuto, they really had to kind of figure him out. And I think by the Later half of that series, they kind of did. They started to get a little bit more aggressive against him because he is such a good catcher, such a good defensive catcher.
1: And that's why I love that these are seven-game series, championship and World Series. I wish the divisional round was seven as well. I don't think we got to see enough of Philly's Braves. I feel like five games, especially if a team gets off to a really slow start after Mm -hmm. sitting for a week and a half, two weeks of not playing competitive baseball— yeah. You get off to that slow start, that really cripples you and it it sends you down. But regardless of that fact, this really was a series that the Diamondbacks took full advantage of it being seven games. Philly had not lost in the postseason at home and they continued that trend going up 2-0 and really made the Diamondbacks look like a team that everybody thought they were going to be. Everybody kind of felt like when are they going to show their hand? When are the Diamondbacks going to show that they're not really this dominant, mm-hmm. aggressive, sneaky, fast team? And they kind of did when they had the, when they went into games one and two with a similar mindset to the, the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Heading back to Arizona, that day off, that must have done them well because it was a completely different baseball team that we saw come out of that dugout because these Diamondbacks, they were stealing almost every opportunity they could get. Corbin yeah. Carroll looked like a different baseball player. Mm-hmm. He looked like he was swinging for contact again instead of trying to hit bombs. That's what yeah. everybody felt like. Cattell mm-hmm. Marte, I mean, just below a 400 batting average in the entire championship series, yeah. he has been Ridiculous! He's the he's the uh, NLCS. He was the MVP, was he not? Yeah,
0: because he what was it? Fifteen games with a hit, sixteen. Like, every game in the postseason so far,
1: Cattell Marte has had a hit. He's had a hit. That's crazy. I mean, he's seeing the ball so extremely well. And Ketel Marte, I want to touch on him for a minute because Corbin Carroll is the big storyline here, but Ketel Marte a couple years ago when he came into the league, a lot of people like myself kind of had our eye on him Mm -hmm. because he was a guy coming up in a system with the Diamondbacks who you really weren't sure if they were going to try and sell the farm to reload or if they were going to build their prospects. There was talk Mm -hmm. of trading Ketel Marte to multiple teams. Cincinnati was one that was in the running for that trade. Mm -hmm. They decided to keep him at the deadline. And... Man, is that panned out well. Because you pair him with Corbin Carroll, pickups of Gabriel Moreno, of Mm -hmm. just Christian Walker. Yeah. Alec Thomas has been... Is it Alec Thomas? Yeah, Alec Thomas. Alec Thomas has been a rookie sensation that I didn't even think that I would be talking about right now. I mean, he had one of those big home
0: runs with the comeback wins in the two games that they had uh, won to get the series tied. It was...
1: You wouldn't think that these guys
0: would be the ones producing in the postseason,
1: but it is. Well, so... For those who didn't watch the series, it was game four, and Arizona had just they won game three at home, mm-hmm. and they were down in, it was the seventh or eighth inning, I believe, and Alec Thomas was called on as a rookie to pinch hit mm-hmm. for the Diamondbacks, and what does he do? He pimps one. Yes. Into the pool. Mm-hmm. Diamondbacks have a pool out in right center. Splash down. That place erupted. Yes, It went crazy, and the series was never the same
0: Mm, after that. It really wasn't. Bottom of the eighth inning, 412 bomb to really set the tone for the rest of the series for the Diamondbacks. From that moment, the Phillies really didn't look the same. They really didn't, and we could talk about that. But before we do that, another guy who really just showed up for the Diamondbacks, Brandon fought would would you would, When you think of the Diamondbacks pitching, you think Zach Gallen? He looked like a Cy Young winner for most of the season. And then you have Merrill Kelly, which is just one of those guys that goes out there and you know what he's going to be. But nobody knew what Brandon fought was going to be in this playoffs. We were looking like, oh no, the Diamondbacks, they're going to get to their young rookie and that's going to be their Achilles' heel in this playoffs. No, in this series, he was lights out. He had 5.2 innings, no earned runs in one game. Then four innings, two earned runs in his next. It's 9 K's, 7K's. 7Ks. He, the Phillies just could not handle him in those two wins.
1: It it, it was crazy. They really couldn't and Diamondbacks pitching Man, Hunter, I don't want to say that we hit the nail on the head with this, and Jordan as well when he was on our first show, but we talked about this bullpen, and we talked about Ooh. how if the Diamondbacks were going to make it. They had to have a strong performance out of the bullpen. That is exactly what has happened. Ginkle, Saul mm-hmm. frank so many of these guys have been clutch in big moments. Yeah. And I want to touch on Andrew Solfrank for a second, who made his debut on September 5th to mm-hmm. the Major Leagues. Yeah. He pitched Two games in the regular season, he has now pitched in eight appearances in the playoffs. That's
0: crazy. That's crazy. I mean, all (laughs) high stress appearances, too. None of those appearances have been really easy for the guy either. It's it's crazy. It's just they have a bullpen full of guys that you wouldn't think. I, I think I said it earlier. It, it, it kind of, not earlier this episode, maybe on the last episode, it kind of reminds me of the night shift from the 2019 Braves team. That 2019 Braves team and that bullpen were kind of mediocre through the year. But once the playoffs started, once those lights came on, they were lights out. They had Luke Jackson, Tyler Madsick. We had Will Smith, who was not a very good closer through the regular season, but he was lights out. And that's it's kind of what it looks like right here with the Diamondbacks. They're catching fire at the right time, and that's
1: exactly what it takes to win ball games and possibly win a World Series. And you look at Saul Frank as a guy who is stretching in for the Diamondbacks. He's, he's able to get them through that 6th or 7th inning. And then for the 8th, They turned to Kevin Ginkle, who during the regular season had a 9-1 record, a 2.48 earned run average across 60 games, 65.1 innings pitched, 70 strikeouts. Yeah,
0: he's nasty. Nasty. I texted it in the chat because he he went up there and was just pure nasty against the heart of the Phillies order and the most important part of the game as well. Just pure dog in that guy.
1: Well, and you want to hear something even better? First of all, this is the first time he's played in the postseason. Yeah, he's never played in the postseason before. So far in the twenty twenty three postseason, he's picked up one win. Which for relievers, it doesn't really wins and losses don't really mm-hmm. mean too much. But when you're picking up a win, you're coming in in a high stress situation. You're able to secure your team a lead yeah. while they're able to get you some run support. One and zero. A zero ERA. He has not let up a single run in the postseason. He's appeared in nine innings, 13 strikeouts, a whip rate of point eight That is... Ridiculous, Bonkers.
0: And it's not against it's just rinky-dink lineups either. This is against the Phillies. This is against and, the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, yeah. Some of the best hitters on the planet. And some of the best hitters in baseball going out there and just shoving. It's, it's, kinda, it's unprecedented for the Diamondbacks.
1: It truthfully is. And just a, such a fun storyline. It's such a fun team yeah. to watch so far this year. And you had one fan in Arizona in Game 3 bring a piece of paper yeah. in basic font. It was a blank white piece of paper mm-hmm. in the most basic font you think you could think of and the only thing on it is snakes alive
0: yeah it's like aerial font in like 30, 30 point <laughs> size it just says snakes alive and it's kind of just been their mantra for the well, whole for and the it, rest of that series it it's blew
1: just, up after yeah. the game and what the Arizona Diamondbacks did which this was genius yeah. what they did before game i think it was four mm-hmm. i think it was yeah. they printed snakes alive <laughs> on like 30,000 pieces of paper and taped them on each seat (laughs) so everybody could be holding up this piece of printer paper that says Snakes Alive in big moments. And you just, i got a smile on my face. How can you not love that? Yeah, you got to love that. I
0: mean, that's just something you can rally behind as a fan. It's something you can rally behind as a player and a coach, and that's exactly what they did.
1: So this World Series is the lowest win total between both teams, the Diamondbacks had 84. The Rangers had 94? I think so. Something like that. You want to double-check that. I don't have it off, off, on my numbers right here, but the, I know the statistic is correct. This is the lowest number of wins combined from two teams in the World Series ever. Mm-hmm. That tells you how unprecedented that yeah. this matchup is. And before we move off of it... Currently, we got about 13 minutes until Sports Wrap. Which make sure you don't turn the dial. Got to stay tuned in for that. Talking NFL, App State football, and some college football. Pick them, but the obligatory promotion out of the way. I want to look at the Phillies mm-hmm. because that is another huge part of this. Because Philadelphia, heading into Game Six, had not lost at home. Yeah, they had been dominant. It felt like any team. It didn't matter who it was, whether it was the Braves, whether it was the Dodgers, whether it was. The hottest team in baseball. He didn't mm-hmm. think they could win at home. Yeah. And the Diamondbacks go in to Philadelphia and they win game six and seven in commanding fashion. I know you got some statistics pulled up for the Phillies here. Talk me through what went wrong in Game 6 and 7. I mean, the Phillies, just
0: a lot of swing and misses. They just could not get a hold of any of the Diamondbacks pitching. In Game 6 and 7, Kyle Schwarber, 1 for 5. Trey Turner, 0 for 8. Bryce Harper, 0 oh for 7. Nick Castellanos, 0 oh for 8. Nick Castellanos went 1 for 24 and 1 home run in the entire NLCS for, for you know, for in the NLDS he went 7 for 15 with 4 home runs, 2 games with 2 home runs in the NLDS, went on to go 1 for 24 in the NLCS. It's just crazy. It, the the Diamondbacks really just figured out that lineup when it mattered most and that's exactly what happened. The Phillies just could not get anything going offensively and that's why they lost the series. It really
1: it almost sucked to watch in a way because mm-hmm. the Phillies or just a team that a lot of people have their gripes with them. The, a yeah. lot of people have gripes with the town of Philadelphia and the fans. And uh, there's a lot of other things. But yeah. you look at this team and Bryce Harper, Trey mm. Turner, mm-hmm. like Zach, or, um, Zach Wheeler. Yeah. Guys Aaron that showed Noel, up like, in the Brave series in a huge way. Nick Castellanos. I mean, this lineup is uh, Alex Boehm. Mm -hmm. You can go on and on about how good this lineup has been And how much fun of a team this is to watch But it would be one thing if we're sitting here having this conversation Like the Phillies, you know They barely lost game 6 and Mm 7 Like they scraped by, there were some bad calls Yada yada yada, controversy in any way But they didn't, the Diamondbacks, they just took control They looked like the better team Mm -hmm. And that's what was so impressive So now it's time for, or Now it's the moment that everybody's been waiting for. We're going to talk about the World Series matchup, and joining us will be two people who are not traditionally baseball fans, but they have they listened to our show mm-hmm. through and through. We're going to get their opinions and their projections mm-hmm. on who they think is going to win. The World Series, so we'd like to welcome Cody Bear and Ryan Hendricks onto the show, guys. How you doing today? Oh, y'all doing
4: pretty good. You know, nope. this is, oh, of course, you don't have my mic on
5: over here. Yes, yeah, th- thank, me thank I you. <laughs> first. Yes, thank you. Thank you, David, for turning <laughs> my mic on. But yes, fire show, guys, and uh, yeah, I'm very excited. The way y'all are gassing up this World Series, it might be one of the best ever. So I think <laughs> I'm very excited. I would tune in. I, y'all yeah. need to tune in It's for sure. Yeah, you guys actually do have be quite excited to watch some baseball coming up. So, yeah, first time for me. I'm, I'm, I've never been excited <laughs> to watch baseball. I'm the most like, casual the, the baseball fan. The way fan. David over here, he's, this, is like, this is his favorite thing ever. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> hey, we, if, is. We, if, we, if we didn't have a show after this, I could talk about this for three more hours if I uh, yeah. really <laughs> yeah. wanted to. I just can't
5: do 162 Lucas. 162 regular season games is crazy. It's a <laughs> lot. It's it's too a, much. At the beginning of every season, I say, I'm going to really be a baseball fan this year. And among yeah, it's I leave And then
1: Don't The World back. Series starts And I'm like I'm back so. And I am back so it's uh, it's difficult to keep along with those 162 games. But if you can manage or at least keep up with the postseason, it can be a lot of fun. Arizona Diamondbacks taking on the Texas Rangers. Game one will be tomorrow night. First pitch scheduled for 8.03 p.m. in Arlington, Texas. The Rangers will have home field advantage as they are the five seed. The Diamondbacks are the six seed. So they will play four games in Arlington, three games in Arizona. Now, the way the series works, it'll go 2-3-2, so two games will be played in Arlington, then all three will be played in Arizona, and two for game six and seven will go back to Arlington, Texas. So, Cody, I want to start with you. Based on what you have heard from us, what are your projections or predictions for this World Series? So,
5: as the games go on, Rangers have more home games? Yes. Yes. Okay, Rangers lose. <laughs> Same Rangers That's what, I got. T- okay, That's region, what I got That's region. what I've heard from the show I've Cody, heard from the show that the Rangers are going to lose their home games
1: The Rangers so far this postseason are 1 in 3 at home that only mm-hmm. win came 7 to 1 against the Orioles in the NLDS, they lost all three to the Astros at home. Mm-hmm. It's a good it's a good point yeah. of leverage to talk about because it's a very deep ballpark there as well. A ton of gaps, but at the same time, not too many home run balls hit in mm-hmm. Arlington. So you're you're saying you think the Diamondbacks are going to take it?
5: Uh, unfortunately, no, not really. Ooh, uh. Uh, I did pick the Rangers on the yeah. a game. I'm picking them Sunday night. So I'm going. I'm going Rangers. I I do think from the research I've done because I've been doing a lot of research. Uh, I like I liked the Rangers here. I think they're the better team. Game prediction? How many games? How many games? Um,
1: Out of a seven-game series? Let's see. So I'm going to go Rangers in six. Rangers in okay. six. Okay. Good prediction. Ryan Hendricks, what you got for
5: us? You know, Hunter's been talking for the past couple of weeks during this whole postseason. Tell me about the baby snakes. And I'm backing them. I love that the snakes are alive. And I think they're going to take it in four Oh, sweep. <laughs>
1: and four.
4: Wow. The Iron bags
1: are here. They're alive. Wow. Give me the dombecks. I <laughs> <love> <laughs> calling, that. calling for a sweep. A sweep. Ryan Hendricks from the top ropes. I love that. I, I love, love too. that. too.
0: Yeah, um, for me, I I've backed them the entire postseason. I don't see why I wouldn't back them now. I yeah. think it's, I think it's going to be the Diamondbacks. Let's go! I think they got what it takes. We talked a lot, and I think they really found themselves in the middle half of that series against the Phillies. And I think they're going to carry that into this series against the Rangers. Now, I don't think it's going to go four. I do think huh? it's going to go six. Hmm? But I am taking. The they don't need that many. They don't need snakes them. alive. The snakes Hunter's are going to be alive.
1: Let me get a pick. Okay, All All right. Right. Lucas is going to take Lucas a pick. Lucas is going right. to hop on The one." If this has any kind of baseball slander <laughs> in it, my finger is on the mic, you will uh, be caught.
5: I, I watched <laughs> one baseball game this entire year, and it was the Texas
1: Rangers versus the Baltimore Orioles. So I'm going to go with my Rangers in a gentleman's sweep. Five. Taking the gentleman's sweep with the Rangers. Appreciate the pick, Lucas, considering so, about two minutes ago you came on saying baseball sucks. I
5: know nothing about baseball, and it'd be great if I got it perfectly right. Rangers are going to win the first three. In a close game, Diamondbacks are going to get that first one win just so they don't go out embarrassingly, and then Rangers win it. All right, I like that. Feels like a lot the, of NBA uh, logic behind that. It not work like that in baseball. The snakes are alive. He hasn't heard the snakes are alive. Okay,
0: so we got two on the snakes. we got two on the Rangers. So, David, you're the tiebreaker. Yes, this, is,
1: this is I've got a smile on my face because I'm so looking forward to this series. Yeah. This is such a fun series. It's a clash of modern baseball versus small ball in, in an old style of playing in a way with the Arizona Diamondbacks where they're wanting to find a way on. They're wanting to cause any level of chaos they can on the base pass. And they have looked so good doing it. They're led by their rookie, Corbin Carroll, who had an absolute monster night in Game 7 against Philadelphia in the biggest moment. Three hits, a walk. All of those singles, two RBIs, Corbin Carroll is the real deal as a rookie. But on the other end, those Texas Rangers and Adolis Garcia and hometown kid for me and for you, Hunter, for, at least for me, Corey Seeger coming mm-hmm. out of Concord, North Carolina, for Ryan, hometown kid, at, from coming from Northwest Cabarrus High School, yeah. five minutes away from where <laughs> I went to high school. Yeah. It is such a cool thing to see him on such a big stage and to see him performing at the highest of levels. It's been so much fun to watch. This Rangers team, man, they, they, they get you feeling some sort of way watching baseball because you might not know who they are, but they play with such electric and energy mm-hmm. that it's hard to turn it off.
5: Mm-hmm. It's hard
1: to turn them off. But when I'm sitting here, and I'm, I'm going to go with my gut because my gut is sitting here and it's telling me that the Rangers have been hot. Mm-hmm. They have been, but we have seen them falter. Yeah, and when they falter, they cannot get back up. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So for that reason, go ahead, David. The Arizona Diamondbacks, Uh-oh. who have been a hot team Uh-oh. since middle to late August, uh-huh. who have looked uh-huh. unbeatable at times uh-huh. along that stretch, yep, yep. a team yeah. that went into Milwaukee and proved everybody wrong because of how. Electric they could be on the base pass Tell em. A team that went in And stained, changed the status quo For who they were against the Dodgers yes, Were sir. hitting home Keep runs fitting. They hit four home runs in an inning That's right Yep. Four home runs in an inning in that mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. And then you flip the switch and you go play the best team in baseball currently in the Philadelphia Phillies. Yep. And you walk into Philly and you win game six yep. and you win game seven. Sorry, Riley? That's going to fire me up. Yeah, That's going to get me fired up. Exactly. These snakes don't quit. Mm-hmm. Snakes These alive. snakes don't quit. Snakes alive. They're alive. Snakes in six. Let's go. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Love it. Love that. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and did you pick Diamondbacks too or did you go? Put the Diamondbacks in six. Yeah. So I'm not super confident that I'm disagreeing with a two baseball. It, this guys is a really room, really tough pick. This really yeah. is. It, it honestly, no is. Is. I
1: I could I could easily see the Rangers taking this in, in 5 yeah. or 6 I don't. Philly or if um Diamondbacks and pitching doesn't show up. It's
0: it's crazy because I I know I'm a Braves fan and I like to bring it up all the time. I know I know. I, but
1: Go Braves. This this by the Diamondbacks team is the closest
0: team I've seen since that 2019 Braves team that's been so similar. They have the bullpen that's just lights out that they haven't been all season. They got the young guys which are playing Above their heads, they got some guys they traded for. They have a mantra. The Braves had the pearls from Jock Peterson. The Snakes have the copy paper all over the stadium. It's just I see a lot of similarities between that team that I love so much and now this Snakes team. So I,
5: I let's go go D backs. Yeah. Can I make a quick bear down bets?
1: Absolutely, of course. Yeah, give yeah. us we'll give us give bets. us a
5: betting side of yeah. it, Cody. So bear down bets. It's going to be a late show Friday at 9.15, but in that show, I know David's coming on to talk some MLB, so we'll have mm-hmm. a lot. Just a little teaser. I've been doing my research. I've really been looking at these two teams, Yeah. and in Game 1, Nathan Eovaldi started really, really great in the playoffs. His last two games, not as great. He's let up some earned runs. Both of these teams are on fire. I looked into the Rangers batting, and they seem pretty stacked. Marcus Simeon's been great. Uh, Adolis Garcia Garcia has been fantastic. Corey Seager was really struggling in his past years against the shift. No more shift. So he's been really really good with the fireworks that we've seen in the playoffs going into this and the way that these two pitchers started hot but struggled a little bit more. I'm going to go over eight and a half runs in game one. Mm-hmm. Of the World Series,
1: All right. I like that. That's like my that quick bet. pick. There. I like it. We'll have, so, have more. Friday. Shout out to Bear Down. Bets. So, so two. So two. Lucas and Cody taking the Diamondbacks. No, Hunter, uh, Rangers. Or uh, Rangers, Rangers, Rangers. Excuse me. Yeah, other yeah, way around. Hunter, Ryan, and I taking the Diamondbacks. Riley oh. Carlson in the building. Resident Phillies fan. If you if you'd come mm-hmm. over, actually to the does mic, know baseball. Does know baseball here. Riley, <laughs> what are your predictions for this for this World Series? And after this, we're going to have to kick it over to Sports rap.
5: Um, predictions personally are. I don't think the Diamondbacks are going to win at all. I know they beat us. Of course, Let's go. I know they beat us twice in, at home, but I just don't think they have the talent to be able to move. They do though. I just don't think they're going to win. I don't think they're going to win all seven games. I mean, to win games, they literally have to like, they have to steal runs like that. They, they have to play almost perfectly, and that's what they did against us. And so I I just think uh, that's not sustainable. I think the Rangers are going to pull away with it. I think they have
1: more offense, in my opinion. So Appreciate that from Riley Carlson. That's all the time that we have here for postseason pandemonium, the World Series, coming up tomorrow. Game one's at 8 o'clock as the Diamondbacks taking on the Texas Rangers in Arlington. Thank you so much for joining us here for postseason pandemonium. For myself, David Katzenmeyer, Hunter Boston, Cody Bear, and Ryan Hendricks, we're going to turn it straight over to Sports rap here on 90.5 WASU. Snakes alive. Snakes alive. Listen anytime, anywhere. WASURadio.com.